0: Is a special report knowing how to invest your money is harder than ever before dealing with stock market volatility record debt and terrorist attacks requires new thinking at u.s asset management we can help you see the world more clearly so that you can move beyond the chaos and invest with confidence call us visit us online or drop by our office u.s asset management helping you make better decisions with your money
1: Hi, everybody. I'm Christine Dolan, and this is the Globalist in Plain Sight show every Sunday. And we bring you not just about COVID and what's going on internationally, but about the conflicts. And we are t- today with uh, our founder and editor in chief, Todd Wood, who is live from Israel. Todd, how are things going? You've only been there for what, 36 hours, and you sent us rockets, talked about security. Oh
2: yeah so uh the conflict is ongoing today there were multiple uh attacks mostly in the north because gaza has been you know almost pacified or at least they don't have the ability to launch you know massive rocket attacks like they did previously with the idf encircling most of northern gaza but in the north hezbollah from lebanon is launching multiple attacks drones rockets artillery mortars uh and the idf is responding immediately to the source of the attacks and you know, they have uh, analytics. And if the warheads are not going to impact anywhere that is going to hurt someone, they just let them land and don't try to intercept them. Otherwise, they do try to shoot them down. So this is an ongoing thing. And I think that's the area to watch going forward is the north and whether there's a continuing conflict that uh, escalates, frankly. In the cities, uh, Tel Aviv is quiet. Um, not quiet, but it's normal. It's People are enjoying their lives moving on they're used to this kind of rocket fires for the last decade actually so it's uh you know there's one shot of just people in the cafes out on the streets Uh, when the rockets come some come to the bomb shelters some don't uh some just don't don't ignore it because really you have to have the golden bb right to to get you when you have one or two rockets over tel aviv so people are used to it and they're just moving on with their lives but they're as i mentioned a couple days ago on our first broadcast I find this eerily reminiscent of after 9-11 because you see the hostage faces everywhere. You see the big signs on the side of the buildings, uh, never again is now. And you have all the pictures of the hostages and the, the whole society has really come together and mobilized, even though they're not afraid and continue their lives. They are determined to to fight what they perceive as an existential threat. So I find that eerily reminiscent. Of after 9-11 and with everything that's gone in the last few years i find it almost a little uncomfortably strange and almost manufactured but that that's just my my initial take
1: what was it like going through when arriving in tel aviv at the at the airport
2: uh again massive impact on the hostage faces when you walk in the airport uh bomb shelters everywhere you know the the airbnbs advertise bomb shelters so you you have to pick one so you have a stairwell to go to or something. If, if the raids go off, we did have an attack my first night here a couple days ago. And, you know, I'm, we're used to this. We've been here many times and and, and and seen a lot of this Iron Dome attacks. But it still gets your attention when the sirens go off and, you know, you see the the, the uh, tracers going up on both sides and then the explosions in the air when they hit the projectile and it, it stops its flight. But um, at the airport, there was massive security, even in in the, in the U.S. side, and then at the LL, uh, you know, counters and throughout the where you checked in. One thing I find found very interesting is that the the airline itself, their security people, were very interested in what kind of journalism we had, and so. Well, there, they, there they, were there, yeah. there
1: were earlier reports of um, some of the I think it was the Qatari al Jazeera um, mm-hmm. guys were reporting out in the field over there and mm-hmm. there, there were some IDF soldiers that you know not just got in their face but wanted to know what angle they were reporting and they actually went mm-hmm. to the camera and spoke to the camera. So I mean, mm-hmm. they're sensitive to it. I mean that, that it's it, an usually, info war yeah. that's right. It's an info war on a lot of levels, and everybody's afraid because um they're afraid of what the facts are i mean somebody was saying today back here in the states on the sunday shows about the need for more transparency because one side knows that the other side knows and everybody is a no but the public doesn't know as much so that's why that's why you're there to give
2: give, you know more on the story exactly i mean that's what we like to do at cdm is go and find out ourselves we've done it for years, since we started in 2015 um, in Eastern Europe and around like you did on the vaccines, I mean, going mm-hmm. to right to the source. I mean, that, that's what we try to do. And uh, I, I think it's very effective and people appreciate it. You know, the guy at the airport security counter, he said, so let me ask this question in a very delicate way. There's Fox News type of news and there's BBC type of news. Which one are you? <laughs>
1: ah, <laughs> so, <laughs> ah. so he's,
2: he's comparing the Fox News to the BBC at this point in time. That's, that's interesting. So, so. so did I you said laugh? See, uh he was humorous and i said uh well we're america first he said okay i got it so that's kind of how well they
1: have they have have pushed back on the bbc because the bbc was not using the word terrorist to describe hamas Mm. and and Mm -hmm. you know quite frankly when you you know put a child in an oven i don't know what other word you'd call it other than barbaric
2: yeah i mean my gut is that um you know both sides are being abused in this I, I, you can't excuse the terror these these are terror attacks it's barbaric it is isis like uh all you have to do is look at the photos um my still the question i still want answered though is how did it happen nobody wants to talk about that and so that's one of the things i want to ask while we're here is try to find out all we can about how it happened why it happened why it was allowed to uh you know you have people like laura loomer saying that the Biden administration withheld information from Israel because of infiltration by, you know, Islamic elements in the White House, and we had Iranian spies removed, lost their security clearances. So there's truth to all of that, and again, what you want to get to the truth. But uh, the Israeli it's- people are are definitely motivated to fight back. Put it that way. Well,
1: right. the, the, they're motivated to fight back, and and mm-hmm. that at the first joint press conference where um, there was Gantz as well as Gallant and Bibi. They mm-hmm. talked about that there will be a time, but he was—he emphasized the fact that it will not be until after they beat Hamas and get mm-hmm. Hamas out of Gaza. So I mean that—that's—that's that's their position. But at the same time, there is a question about whether or not there was any U.S. intelligence that was mm-hmm. not passed over. And you know, people have to keep in mind that our Secretary of Defense was in Brussels when the attack happened on October seventh, and he immediately flew to Israel to meet with uh, Netanyahu and the rest of the Israeli leaders. But, you know, he, he, he didn't stop right there. He sent, he already ordered the carrier, the first mm-hmm. carrier into the region. So, I mean, there may, there may be something to it, but we don't know as of yet what the facts were. Now, Todd, you reported a couple of days ago, the Washington Post picked it up today. That mm-hmm. there may be an imminency to the exchange of hostages. That's sort of like the headlines back here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting to watch the the Biden administration back here in the states giving credit I mean, wanting to get credit for the hostages but we know that those hostage negotiations are you know really starting and ending in Qatar what are you hearing on the ground over there because I know that there was over I think it was yesterday or correct me if I'm wrong yesterday or the day before they had or maybe it was today they had the um, the walk from uh, Tel Aviv to Jerusalem with the hostage families and friends mm-hmm. um, so it, it, it you know it's it, what are you hearing Anything
2: new? Well, you know, let let me just talk about that hostage story for a minute. I find it fascinating. You know, how many of the for call it for lack of a better word the legacy media with their massive operations all over the world, and it's CDM and we have reporters all over the world. We just don't spend millions of dollars for them. We have people everywhere. And we got the story five days ago that Russian media was advertising a five day ceasefire was on the table and likely would be pushed through for a massive hostage exchange for Gaza you know prisoners of the Hamas in in Israel. And i I find it fascinating that we got that story so early, and then all of a sudden now it's breaking news. It's not that you know you and I have talked about today in today's world, you don't have to be that good. You just have to actually tell, report the news That's and have hilarious. people around, <laughs> and have people around that are listening to the media in different countries, like we do. And uh, so I was very happy. If people want news early, we have continuously, time after time, done that. You know, I, I see uh, G. Van Fleet on all over today, breaking news. You know, uh, survivor of Mao's revolution. You had her an event in Greenwich earlier last year. So I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's it's uh, we are early, and people need to know that about CDM. Um, but what was your original question? What
1: what, what are you what, what are you hear I mean, what are you hearing about the hostage situation now? Because and the reason why I'm asking is because on the Sunday shows here in the States on legacy media. Even on Meet the Press, they they booked a Finer from the State Department and he got out there and he was talking about it, but he didn't give any answers to it. He didn't want to admit if it was five days, he didn't want to he would hope that there'd be Americans as part of the group. He didn't say if it was gonna be, you know, strung along in different groups. He wouldn't he wouldn't even say that it was uh, gonna be children and you know, women. I mean, he, he I don't even know why he was booked on Meet the Press, quite frankly, because as somebody who's pretty seasoned in the game, he didn't give me any information he would, if what he was going to say, they would, I mean, meet the press knew what he was going to say before they booked him. So he didn't give any meat on the bones to the story. What are you hearing on the ground? I mean, you know, obviously it's intense. People want their, they want their loved ones home.
2: Yeah. We we've interviewed Niv Kaplan on our network several times. Who's a former defense or is a defense contractor and Mm -hmm. former uh, special forces guy here in Israel. And, people are very angry at the government and want the hostages home end of story so that is on the street um i doubt anything like you said is going to be said on the news but i i feel that there's an intense pressure to do two things on the israeli side to root out hamas and to get the hostages back so which one of those comes to the forefront and i feel like the us is probably pressuring the israeli government to to do what they want from a political sense which is good for the Biden regime, not for necessarily people on the ground. So that that's the conflict I see as kind of a triangular mm-hmm. conflict as to what priorities percolate to the top. And I, I can tell you the hostage issue is front and center because it's it's not one or two, it's hundreds and it's babies and children and old women and, and it's and they're underground living like animals and people want them home.
1: Now, there have been some reports that possibly some of the hostages still being held, um, a couple of them have died. Is, is is there any truth to that? Do we know? I,
2: I, you know? I have been here, it's been Shabbat since I arrived, so I have not had the meetings yet that I intend to have. I have multiple meetings scheduled starting tomorrow uh, in Tel Aviv and elsewhere, and we're going to look to coordinate with the IDF to go into some of the conflict zones and, and report directly ourselves. And so um, we're working on that. So I don't really have much more than what I've seen on the ground here as far as information yet. I am monitoring the IDF daily website where they put out a lot of videos, mainly with tunnels under the hospitals, army operations in Gaza. There was a a video, interesting one put up today of a joint gender, which they called it uh, rescue force. What
1: what does joint gender mean?
2: Female and male. (laughs) I don't think they meant transgender, but female and male uh, now yeah, no, it rescue operation in Gaza, uh, trying to pull people out of the rubble. Um, and there's video, uh, which, you know, I, I could actually play it here in a second if you want. But that's so that is kind of what's. it's an info war. And Israel wants people to see that they're uh, not indiscriminately bombing, that there are tunnels under the hospitals which have been verified. Uh, But then, you know, you have Bibi come on the news and say, we have not been successful at avoiding civilian casualties. And there's another issue that came out today, which is uh, really important because in the Info War, reality really doesn't matter. It's what perception is what matters. And there was Haratz, Haratz put out a, which is one of the main liberal papers in Israel, put out a story that uh, an Apache gunship on the Israeli side actually accidentally killed some of the protesters in the desert, not protesters, but partygoers in the desert. Um, and so that caused a huge firestorm on social media uh, with the info war that somebody posted a video, which we can't confirm. So we're not going to show it. Uh, but allegedly of an Israeli helicopter killing people, you know, civilians on the ground, there's no way I can verify that. And so I don't take that worth any salt at all, but they, they did report in ads that they accidentally killed some of the some of the party goers. So that's caused a big storm of, you know, anti-Israel in the Arabic press across the world. It's really just exploded, whether it's true or not. But that's just an example of the info war on the ground and in social media.
1: Well, that, that's what makes it this was, you know, there's, there's a couple of things. And, you know, Laura Logan was, she must have been caught up with something because she was going to be on the show with us. But there was there, you know, this is different. This is a different type of attack by Hamas because when I was over there before, during one of the infatadas, they they in fact this is coordinated. You know, whether they came from the, flying through the skies or, but it was definitely coordinated. It definitely has a barbaric brutality to it, mm-hmm. um, and that's what makes it different. Do you get this feeling? That, I mean, now that you're there, the same feeling that that I have, and when I have I haven't been there this time, but I have been reporting what we have learned?
2: Uh, Yeah, like in 2014, I was here in the Gaza first, the last Gaza war. And we've in, you know, maybe that's somebody you could interview down the road is uh, is uh, shoot I'm blanking. Ella Rosenberg, who is one of our reporters in Ashkelon, which is right on the Gaza border. Right. And, you know, she is an art teacher and she uh, teaches, you know, a dozen kids every day in our art studio. And we reported that, and this was in 2014, when they were getting 2,500 rockets a year into that village. And they, she would pull them into the bathroom when the air raid sirens went off and often just, you know, pr- try to protect them as best she could. So that's, you know, the kind of thing that we're seeing on the ground that they, and, and that, yes, they dealt with that. But this is different in that the ISIS brutality layer was put on top of it. Uh, before you would have people get killed, blow, buses blown up, you know, rocket fire machine gun fire but not ripping babies out of wombs and burning babies and all that. So this that was intentional mm-hmm. in order to to make a point and to scare and its terror and to um, you know I, I think try to get a response from the other side. I think there's a a much well, bigger what did they, if agenda. if not
1: i mean what did they think Israel was going to do? What did they th- did they think that people that the US would not step in when we've heard that even from some people in the Hezbollah they didn't. Yeah. They didn't see it coming that the U.S. would throw their support. But quite frankly, when you have those type of attacks, it it it, it's, it is moral outrage. And, and you know the mess. Mm-hmm. The message is interesting this time because there there is an effect on U.S. politics and demonstrations, but they're very coordinated. Which I think, and we're taking a look at that. Who's behind mm-hmm. those coordinations? Because, and it was immediate. That's right. right. It, was it, was immediate. Re- it was ready to go. That's right. That's right. And so that that's one of the things that we're going to be taking, taking a look at. Why don't we go to a break right here, mm-hmm. Todd? And when we come back, let's talk about the impact um, here in the United States on the 2024. It's
2: going to be a good day. This Monday, we do have a little bit left available here. Check us out, familyfarmbeefbox.com. Thanks. Have a good day.
1: Okay, so we're back with Todd Wood, who was reporting live for us <coughs> from Israel. Todd, um, NBC just came out today with a poll, and they, and they compared it to their own poll in September. And what they're finding, I think it was was a month earlier poll, and what they have found is that as a result of Biden's reaction to the Hamas-Israeli conflict, that Biden's numbers, the disapproval have increased even more so to 57%. How much presence do you you feel uh, on the ground there uh, of Americans that are assisting the IDF? Uh,
2: I haven't got a feel for that yet to be honest. Um, So we can talk about that again, but uh, so I I don't really, I haven't seen that. I mean, there's a lot of Americans here, a lot Mm -hmm. of Westerners who have come to serve in the IDF. I noticed that at the airport, a lot of fighting age men with their duffel bags coming from all over the world. Um, Most of them, I would say American. So that call to IDF reservists has gone out globally and they're all they're all there, um, and this is what two months into it. So I'm sure at the beginning, this was much bigger. But there were scores of guys on the plane pulling their duffel bags, you know, army duffel bags off the conveyor belt at the airport. And I would imagine the IDF is staggering this, you know, mobilization. So I don't know how long that'll continue. But this was new blood coming into Israel from from all over the world.
1: That's different. Mm-hmm. That's very, very different. I mean, the, 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 the message of, you know, never again is now is resonating mm-hmm. for, for a lot of the Jewish community all over the world. And, and you know, the, the anti-Semitism, I think the thing that, that really that I hadn't seen was how quickly the anti-Semitism shout outs came. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, do the, the Israelis that you're speaking to, did, did they sense that?
2: You know, again, we've been kind of early on this. We Our editor of our Israeli site a while back, uh, before he moved on, uh, Baruch Pletner, talked about that a lot. And this was several years back, that America, it's coming because the, the signs were all there of another pogrom or whatever. And mm-hmm. this, you know, this kind of verifies that. Um, I haven't talked. I mean, I guess a lot of people are surprised. I mm-hmm. find that. I find, you know, there has been discrimination and violence against, you know, Trump supporters for a long time. And now that it's focused on the Israeli or the Jewish community, it's caused a huge outroar, uproar. And I, I think that all of this needs to be pushed back on. It seems and it feels to me like this is an organized, prearranged, pre-planned, pre-baked conflict. And they had it all ready to go. And they just, you know, Ukraine was winding down and presto, we have a new one. Uh, literally within days of Ukraine winding down and Congress saying we're not sending any more money. So I think that's the big story. And how did that get how did that be put together and how did it get planned and who's behind it is what needs to be known?
1: I thought it was very interesting in the first I want to say 14 hours, mm-hmm. all of a sudden. um You had the comparison with Zelensky, Putin, Bibi, Hamas. Mm -hmm. It was was just, the the jump was there. I mean, before Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin left Brussels, and he was in Brussels with Zelensky, and Zelensky was again panhandling to European countries for some more money. He then got on the plane, pardon me, after the attack, and flew to Tel Aviv, and all of a sudden that narrative was out there. Then you had President Joe Biden go on when he returned from Israel with his address, and he was tying everything together, and it was the focus was on Iran, Iran, Iran.
2: Iran is the big uh, boogeyman um, and should be. I mean, the mullahs are ferociously barbaric to their own people, so one can just guess what would happen if they do get control past their proxy armies in the Middle East. And uh, uh, could we throw the book up there real quick? I want to just plug the book we're just released, "Paying the Price: The Untold Story of the Iranian Resistance." You can get it anywhere books are sold. If you really want to know what the Iranian regime fears, it's the MEK, and they have been, feared them and have been executing hundreds of thousands of them for forty years. So um, you can pull that down now. Thank you. And
1: you've been meeting with them, um, you know, for years. Yeah. I mean, that's so that that book is is something that people really have to take a look at because most people don't even know what the M.E.K. is.
2: And interestingly enough, uh, the Biden administration was criticized for downplaying the M.E.K.'s role recently in the mainstream press. And also the Spanish, uh, I believe it was a Spanish politician who was shot in the face recently Mm -hmm. um, was done. So they believe because of his support for the M.E.K., in spain so this is not just a localized story it's a global story and the u.s government has been complicit in in repressing this group for some time uh, along with other western press mainly the mainstream press in the uk and elsewhere uh, the bbc and, and elsewhere have been not wanting people to know the truth about this group which because it threatens the mullah's literal existence
1: are they talking? Did you hear anything on the plane coming in? Where, 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 where did you fly? You flew from Miami or New York? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so what was the conversation on the plane for people going to Israel?
2: Uh, very serious. Ha- happy to be home, serious, patriotic. Uh, uh, you know, lots of families with lots of kid as, kids as normal coming back, continuing their lives, not afraid, clapping when they landed, you know, that kind of thing. Definitely, you know, that's always on a flight to Israel from a major Jewish center like Miami or New York, but it was very much pronounced this time. People very friendly, you know, very thank you for coming. Thank you for coming to our country, that kind of thing. So it was, um, again, the people are motivated and there was a lot of division in Israel prior to this, attack and that mm-hmm. has gone away that has disappeared completely even at the so government that's level. the
1: comparison to 9 mm-hmm. to 911 is it because mm-hmm. every everybody was on the same page
2: there is a lot of pressure now for, against bb and the government and we'll see where that goes uh, because something happened and and people are angry about the hostages and i think he's going to bear the brunt politically you know we've talked to other close others close to him and they've told us as well, but that will be sometime down the road.
1: All right, 2024. Um, This is different. Foreign policy is impacting with the the polls. Uh, It's becoming, we know that um, Bobby Kennedy is going to be releasing a large report on his position and support for Israel. Um, I don't have any, you know, inside of that other than the fact that we know that that's coming. This is, um, we know the demonstrations are out on the streets and this isn't going away. I mean the, the college campuses and the demonstrations and the pro Palestinian and it, it's pro Palestinian, but it's not anti Hamas, which is which makes it, it which makes it interesting. And in the polls that NBC was comparing themselves on, they found that among the eighteen to thirty four age mm-hmm. voters, that is where Biden is losing support because of his support for the Israeli government.
2: And the big instrument in that is TikTok. Because that is the platform, which is CCP, which is pushing, you know, I for, I see, I've, I've struggled with the fact that if the globalists are, you know, very pro-certain agendas, why are they allowing, um, you know, this pro-Hamas, uh, pro-terror narrative to populate? And I think it's really, the end goal is not so much against Israel but it's against America and to weaken us it's it's an issue you know we had James Lindsay Lindsay up in Avon Connecticut we broadcast that event earlier and we played some of it on the Georgia show in past weeks and his point was everything's about the revolution BLM antifa transgender it's all to support the revolution and that is I see this is exactly the same it's it's a it's a weapon to use to bring down America to dis, to to divide society to cause chaos and to bring down our institutions?
1: Well, we, we saw that in 2020. We saw that mm-hmm. when, when the, after the, the Floyd death and then the, mm-hmm. the BLM um, demonstrations were out there, I had done some earlier reporting and we did some for CDM as well,
0: mm-hmm. that
1: um, Bob Avakian, who was with SDS back in the 1960s, Bob's pushing 80, he's been looking for revolution for decades. And he jumped in on the BLM in 2020. They inserted themselves there. He wrote a constitution to replace, it's called the New Socialist Constitution. It's only 40 pages long, but it mirrors what Klaus Schwab is talking about at the, uh, in, in Davos. And now we know since the October 7th attack, Jody Evans and her um, partner for Code Pink Ben, uh, I forget, ben, her name used to be Susan Benjamin, as I recall. And now she's changed it to some Greek goddess name or some some nonsense like that. But she's out there and she is formerly SDS. She's in her 70s. So it's, it's interesting to me that the anti-Israel, anti-American, anti-police, anti, you know, let's replace the U.S. Constitution ends up being these people demonstrating on the street Supposedly for social justice, but it's not really. the The ultimate goal is to overthrow the United States, weaken it, and replace it with a new constitution. And these fools endorse, which is basically communism. I mean, Babavaki and doesn't he doesn't he he doesn't mince words about this. He thinks America's done everything wrong since the very very beginning.
2: Well, you're right. Uh, the you know, I don't know the history of him as well as you do, but I do know that every movement that we've seen over the last three or four five years, the end game has all been the same. You know, it's, it's all about destruction of society. They, they don't give a crap about these minority populations. No, I mean, they don't. They're, they're killing, they've, they've engineered a situation where that, you know, the black on black violence is horrific You the scores of people shot every weekend in Chicago and Atlanta and elsewhere, they're, they're living in horrific existence in some of these urban centers and, you know, the the family has been destroyed. Their businesses have get burned routinely. That's not supporting that community. So, uh, I I think the good thing is that the those communities are waking up because you can't ignore what's gone on in the last two years here in the United States and globally. You can't it, it it hurts. It hits your pocketbook. I mean, people have sons in the military. People have you know daughters that are going to be either sent to Ukraine or the Middle East if we allow this continue to continue. And you know that will happen. Mm-hmm. We have the economies, I mean, people are, I heard, uh, I think it was Candace Owens, I saw a meme from her today, you know, F Ukraine, uh, people can't put food on the table. So that is, that is real, all right? I mean, people are hurting financially.
1: So let's talk about this. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know you're only there for what, 36, 38 hours, something like Mm -hmm. that, but how much is half and half? I mean, the price has gone up. What's the economy like over there?
2: Uh, It's not that bad. I mean, it's higher, but it's not that bad. Um, It's, it's, it's reasonable. You know, Israel is known for its fresh vegetables and all that is still available. So you're not, you're not seeing, you, you
1: haven't, but you're also in the city. I mean, what about, what about the settlements?
2: Uh, I hope to find out this week a lot more about what's going on in the countryside and elsewhere in the north and the south, so I'll have to come back to you on that, but uh, it's been raining here for two days, and it's been Shabbat, so there hasn't been a lot besides what I can see with my own eyes You know, as far as what's happening on the ground, but I'll know much more. I scheduled uh, several meetings with some very high-ranking officials this week, and uh, we will Report on those as it comes, as it comes.
1: Okay, well, Todd, I, anything more you want to add um, before, we, before we sign off on this?
2: We are going to do one, maybe two hits a day, uh, and we're going to be going in about 10 days elsewhere in Europe, so stay tuned for that. Uh, I want to really possibly check out what's happening in Poland, because that's extremely important right now with the yes. Polish government being pressured by the EU to do all kinds of things they don't want to do, along with Hungary. Uh, and we've got some sources to meet in Europe, um, so that's uh, that that will be the plan. But we will be reporting at least once, maybe twice a day, depending on the level of content that we have here in Israel, and hopefully not just from Tel Aviv but elsewhere in the country. Thank you, Christine.
1: Well, be, be be safe, okay? Be safe there on the ground with the whole team, um, and just watch your back. And we'll, we look forward to you know talking to you soon.
2: Thank you.
0: I'm David Cross, and you may know me for my election integrity work, but I also own U.S. Asset Management, a family-owned and operated investment advisory practice. I'm a certified portfolio manager, and my job is to help you make better decisions with your money. One of the things we try to avoid is investing in companies that push the woke agenda. If you're invested with one of the big firms out there, there's a pretty good chance that you're feeding the beast that hates your values. Our company is 100% conservative, and we'd love to have an opportunity to work with you. Check us out at us-am.com and look for our big, proud American Eagle logo.